Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're going to get into it, but uh, I pray that you would be blessed by what uh, we're going to talk about today. So let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you for what you did in the 9 a.m., believing, God, that more hearts will be shaped and changed in this 11 a.m. God, we're just, we're just praying, God, that, that you would help us with our anger, whether it's a severe case or whether we just get angry every once in a while, but we wouldn't let it to get become a severe thing. I pray that anger would no longer grip us. It would no longer control us. It would no longer be the boss of our lives. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, Jesus, we'd be healed, we'd be freed, and we'd find peace that surpasses all understanding that your word talks about. I pray for anybody here that's coming here for the first time that doesn't know you, Jesus. They maybe stumbled to this church, they didn't know how they found their way here today. I pray that they would understand that today's not an accident, that they're here for a reason, and it's to hear from you, Jesus, that you love them, you have a plan for their life, and uh, God, that you just have so many things in store for them. So Lord, we love you, and we thank you. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I think a lot of us, we've heard this phrase before. Uh, anybody heard this phrase, emotional roller coaster? Yeah, we've all heard it. Maybe you've been called an emotional roller coaster. That's, it's something we've all heard, maybe been around or been called, whatever it may be. But the reason is that our emotions and our feelings, we can be super excited, super happy one day. But in a matter of seconds, maybe something happens or somebody cuts us off in traffic. We can go really upset and really angry in an instance. And that's the truth about feelings. Feelings and emotions, they're... They, they come and they go. They're not withstanding. They're not, they're not su- sustainable. It, it's, it's, a, it's almost like just this crazy tornado of I can feel one moment, this feeling, the next moment I can feel this. And when you're emotional, when you're, when you're in your feelings, sometimes or most of the time, that's really not the best place to be when you're making an important decision. And there's moments in my life where anger has gotten the best of me. Uh, there's many moments, but there's one that I remember in particular when I was in high school and uh, back in the day, I, I know it's not going to look like I did, but I used to play football back in the day. And I know I look like a hipster linguini right now. And so, like, I need to be back in the gym. I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. But I used to play football back in the day. And I went to Miami Killian Senior High School. And uh, that's what I'm talking about, Cougar Pride. And uh, every year, we played our rivals, Palmetto. And every time we played Palmetto, it was always intense. I'm talking about, like, it was, it was a battle. It was a war. It didn't matter what was at stake. It doesn't matter what records were. Every time we played Palmetto, it was going to be a bloodbath. It was going to be crazy. And this year was, was no different. It was my senior year. Uh, Palmetto, they, they were doing well. We were doing well. And so it was a big, big game. It was for districts. And so whoever wins would be the district champs. And so there was a lot on the line. And, and again, the game started out pretty rough, but we got our stuff together. And Killian was, was, was putting some points on the board. And we were, we were beating him pretty bad. And uh, it was getting to the point where, you know, when you're on the losing side of a team, like anything frustrates you, anything gets upset. And so I played defense, and our job is to stop the offense from scoring. And so what I did was, it was around the third quarter, and we're, we're winning by a lot. And there, there's, there's, if you know anything about sports, there's always a lot of trash talk. And trash talk, it's, it's what makes sports sports. And there's a lot of trash talking going on in this game. And again, we were winning, so our side, we weren't really saying too much, but there was one play where everything changed. And so I tackled this guy, got him on the ground, and uh, he wasn't very happy. He wasn't that happy because he was trash talking. He was saying some things that, that uh, I, I can't repeat here in church. And, 
But here's the thing about trash talk. Trash talk, there's like, there's like rules to it. Like, like, you don't get personal. You don't say things. Like, like there's things you just don't say. Like trash talk, you could, you could say whatever you want about me, whatever. But, but this guy, when he got up, he, he broke the golden rule of trash talk. He said something about my mama. And, um, and so as you, may, as you may guess, my emotions got the best of me. My, my temperature started to rise. The anger started to boil. And I did something very, very dumb that all football players do when they're angry. I, I threw a punch to a guy who has a helmet on his face. And uh, I don't know why we do it. It's just instinct. We just feel like our fury is going to be so mighty that it's going to crack. We don't know. I don't, it's just, it's, it hurt me more than it hurt him. And, but what happened? What, the ref saw it, and the ref penalized our team, and he told me I had to sit out for the rest of the series. My emotions got the best of me. My emotions got me to a place where I regretted a decision. I hurt my team. I hurt my coaches. And I, and I let myself down because my emotions got the best of me. And here's the thing, I think in society we have an issue with keeping our emotions in check. I believe this, that, that when anger is in control, that's when things get out of control. And what happens in life, we let our emotions, especially anger, resentment, bitterness, all these things stockpile in our hearts. And what happens is our life starts to get out of control because we're being led by something that shouldn't be in control, be in control. And that's dangerous because we live in a very, very angry society. Just go on Facebook and look at anything with politics. You're going to see there's some angry people out there. Just go on Twitter and, and, and it's like, man, why is everybody so mad at each other? Just the other day, Popeye's announced their chicken sandwiches back. And people are literally getting murdered for chicken sandwiches. Like, what is happening? Like, it is a chicken sandwich. Chick-fil-A is better, but that's my opinion. It's okay. But <laughs> it's, it's like the message. That's the whole point of the message. And uh, but, but people are getting so angry over things that, like you would look and you take a step back and say, why, why are we so angry at these things? It's because we have an angry culture. We have an angry society and everything in us wants to be angry. You live in Miami, you're going to be angry a lot. We talked about it already. Traffic is from Satan. It is literally from the pit of hell. And you could be like, today's going to be a great day. And you're stuck in traffic, getting every red light, getting late to work. And today's not going to be a great day anymore. It can happen to all of us. Maybe your anger comes from something that, that's happened to you in your past. And someone hurt you and someone let you down and someone wasn't there for you when they said they were going to be there for you. And so you live every day with anger towards that person. And what's happening is you're not free to live the peace that God wants to give you because you're angry at somebody and you're giving them power over your life. That's the thing. Anger is, is not a joke. I've heard this saying that, that anger is one letter short of danger. It's, it's, it's not a game. And if we let anger, even the smallest amount, get into our heart, there's danger in our future. But as we're talking about this, we, God wants us to have a heart of thankfulness. He wants us to have a heart of worship. He does, not our heart, he does not want our hearts to be full of anger because when we're full of anger, we're going to be full of danger. And here's the thing today, and I hope this gets across in the right way. God does not want you to live with anger, bitterness, resentment, hatred toward anybody. He wants you to be free indeed, free in his name, free in his purpose, free with his love. Fill everything in your life out of anger and put everything in with Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus wants to help you. Jesus did not want you to be trapped and enslaved to anger any longer because you're wasting years off your life being angry at things that don't matter, being angry at people that shouldn't have the power to get you angry. And Jesus is saying, if you would stop wasting your time on getting angry at things that don't matter, I can give you peace. I can give you the desires of your heart. But right now there's anger inside of you that has caused you to miss out on all the blessings I have for you. 
I'm thankful, but I'm angry. And we need to talk about this, this problem of anger because it's, it's not a game. And if we're going to talk about anger, if we're going to talk about how do we defeat anger, how do, we, how do we break free from it, how do we lose, how do we get out of the control of anger, we first need to do this. We need to find out what the root cause of our anger is. What causes, what, what causes you to be angry? What causes you to be upset? What causes you to be triggered by, by something? What is it? Is it a person? Is it a, is it a circumstance? Is it, is it something happening around you? What is it that causes you to be angry? And I love it. In James 4, just in one verse and two questions, he tells us how to find the root cause of our anger. And we're going to break this verse down. This is James 4, 1, and it says this. I'm going to read the first question out. The first question is this. James is telling us, he goes, or he's asking us, what? What causes fights and quarrels among you? What, what, what causes you to fight? What causes you to quarrel? What causes you to get in arguments? What causes you to get your anger and, pl- and display it to other people? Really what he's asking is, what, what's the root cause of your anger? James wants us to know. What, he's asking us, what's the, root, what's the root cause of our anger? And a lot of us, we can read that question and say, well, James... <laughs> Here's the thing, James, you got the question, you got it all wrong, man. It's not what causes me, it's who causes me to get angry. James, it's not what, it, it's not a what, it's a, it's a who. Have you seen my wife when she's hungry? She's angry. She's, she's difficult. It, it's, it's frustrating. James, do you know who my boss is? This guy hasn't given a raise to anybody in the last 15 years, but yet we still show up to work and James, you don't, you don't know my, my kids. I love my kids, but they, 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 ah, they get me angry. James, you don't, it's, it's not a what, James. It's a who. There's people in my life that are causing me to get angry. It's, it's them. It's what's happening on the outside. It's those people around me. James, that's who's causing me to get angry, James. That's, that's, that's who it is. You got the question all wrong. And James would respond by saying, well, are you, are you sure, though? Are you, are you sure it's a who? Like, are you sure it's people? Because if that's how you think, then, then I hate to put it to you, you're wrong. James is saying, hey, it's, it's not who. You may think it is, it may feel like it is, and it may feel real, that's your reality, but, but the truth is it's, it's, it's not a who, it's a what. And the moment we, we find ourselves trapped in idea that it's who that gets us angry, we'll never be free from anger ever because we're giving people power that shouldn't have it. And so look what he does, he, he, he now says the second question, it's more of a rhetorical question, it's more of like, it's a, it's a question, but it's also the answer, and he says this, his second question is, don't they, your fights and quarrel, come from your desires that battle within you? Does your anger, may, does your anger maybe it comes from the battles that your desires are having within you? Maybe the fights that you're dealing with, the quarrels that you're going through with your spouse, with your coworkers, with your family members, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's your desires battling within you. Because here's the thing. What James is trying to get across is, is hey, your, your, your problems with anger, it's not on the outside. It's on the inside. Oh, it's not on the outside. Hear me, hear me. It's not on the outside. It's it's on the inside, and you would say, no, James, that's, you're wrong, because you've never met this person. You've never seen what I go through. You've never, James, you don't know. So yes, it's on the outside, not, and James is like, no, no, because if you, if you keep thinking it's on the outside, you're, you're, you're never going to be free. And here's the thing, 
here's the thing with anger. And here's what we got. We, we got to face a hard truth today. Whether you deal with explosive anger, whether it's rage, whether it's small, a ticking time bomb type of anger, we all deal with it. And unless we face this hard truth, we'll never be free from it. Here's the truth, that, that the reason we get angry, the reason, I think the root cause of why everybody in America gets angry is because we're, getting, we're not getting what we want. Because we want something and we're not getting it. I want something and I'm not getting it. I want my son to make his bed at least once this week. Just once, just once. Oh, I want my wife to, I want my wife to just, just give me some space when I'm watching some football. Then I'll be happy. But, but it's, it's, it's because I'm, I want something that I'm not getting. And when, I, and when I don't get what I want, I get angry. And when I don't get what I want, I get, I get, I get bitter. And when I don't get what I want, I get resentful. And when I don't get what I want, I hurt people. When you don't get what you want, that's where anger starts to, and what happens is if we don't face it, if we keep blaming the outside, we keep blaming circumstances, we keep blaming people, what's going to happen is this anger, this ugly and dangerous, poisonous anger is going to live inside of us, and we're going to keep wondering, why am I angry? Why do I keep exploding? Why am, I so, why am I so aggressive? Why do I argue so much? Why do I pick fights so much? It's because you keep thinking that anger comes from the outside, when deep down it's, it's, it's us. But here's the thing, a lot of us would, and even myself including, when I, when I read this, when I hear James challenging us with this, I hear, I, 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 I want to respond, well, well James, yeah, I'm, I'm angry because, because I've, I've, I've earned it. We have this earned mentality. I've earned the right to a raise. So I'm going to be angry with my boss. I'm going to be angry with him because I've, I've earned it. I've put in the work, James. I've, I've done what I need to do. I've, I've earned it. You, you, you want something that you're not getting. Oh, well, well James, uh, uh, they, they promised me. They promised me that they would be there for me when I was hurting. My dad said he would be there, but he's nowhere to be found. They promised me. My mom promised to be there. My friends promised to be there. So, so I want someone to be there. That's what I want. You're angry because you're not getting what you want. Well, Phil, James, what they did wasn't fair. What happened to me wasn't fair. What they did to me wasn't fair. So, you know, I want justice. I want revenge. I want vengeance. You're not getting what you want. So when you don't get what you want, you get angry. And when you get angry, you think you're hurting other people, which in case we do, but, but really what you're doing is you're hurting the God-given calling in your life. Because God has a huge calling for you. He has a huge plan for your life. And your emotions, when they're the boss of you, you stop worshiping the boss of the universe. And what happens is when we keep getting angry, we keep getting resentful, what we're saying is no to God's plan and God's healing and God's forgiveness and God's plan for our life because we're so, we're so busy looking for answers in people that have no power to do anything for us. And what happens is we get angry, we get angry, we get angry, and we waste years and months of our life being happy and finding peace when God's saying, hey, Stop blaming them and come to me and I will heal you. Stop going to them and come to me. You know why you're not healed? Because you don't come and ask. If you keep going in James, he says, hey, hey, because you don't have because you don't ask God. Ask God for healing. Ask God to give you the power through the Holy Spirit to forgive that person. Ask God. He is a father that is, he is willing freely to give you what you need to get rid of that anger, to get rid of that resentment, to get rid of that bitterness, to get rid of that unforgiveness that you were never meant to carry with you. Be free of it. Let it go. Get, get, get rid of it. 
today we need to learn to just not waste our life, our God-given life that when we wake up today, it was, a, it was a gift from God and we have so much to do. We are called to make a difference, but so many times we, we play the devil's game and we let anger sideline us from God's purpose for our life. So, so what do we do? We know the root cause of our anger. It's because we, we're not getting what we want. So we have a choice now. Now that we know the root, now that we know what causes us to get angry, we have a choice. When it comes to anger, we need to learn to deal with it or get destroyed by it. We have to learn to deal with it or, or get destroyed by it. Because here's the thing, anger, it's not leaving you anytime soon. It's an emotion that we have to deal with. It's an emotion that God gave us. You see, anger, and this is a side note, anger is, can actually be a good thing when it's put in the right place. Because you can be angry that there's homeless people out there in Miami that don't have food. And so my anger for that makes me want to do something. I'm angry that there's people like young girls, girls that, that, that God has called to be their daughters of the king that are being human sex trafficked all across our city, all across the world. That gets me angry. So because I'm angry, I'm going to do something about it. Anger is a good thing, but what happens is we don't know how to control it or deal with it. We get destroyed by it. So we got to deal with our anger. We got we to learn how to control it. Like anger cannot be the boss of us anymore. Because you'll never be happy. You'll never be free. You'll never understand that peace that God wants to give you. So learn how to deal with it. So, so how do we do that? I believe there's three don'ts that we, we shouldn't do when anger gets in our heart or, or starts to come into our life. And we start seeing signs of it. And the first one is this. The first don't is when you're angry, don't suppress it. Everybody say suppress it. You don't do that. Don't suppress it. Suppressing, what does that mean? Is when you suppress your anger, what you're doing is you're storing up explosives in your heart. Oh, when you suppress and suppress and you keep it and you hold it and you try to, you try to fight it, you try to, try to hold on to it, what happens is you're one, one bad comment away, you're one frustrated family member coming up to you, bothering you, from exploding. Reminds me of a story that happened in California. I'm going to read it because I, I don't want to butcher it, but this is an article of a guy in California. His name is, his name is Steve Tran. It says that Steve Tran of Westminster, California, he wanted to kill the cockroaches in his apartment once and for all. Shout out to Steve. So he activated 25 bug bombs, even though, I know, even though the label said two would, two's enough, two's fine. Anybody know that? They go like above and beyond. It's like, no, two's not going to do it. I need 25. Like, like this is, these guys are bad. So the label said two would do the trick, and then he closed the door. The fumes reached the pilot light of his stove and created an explosion that sent his screen door across the street, broke all of his windows, and caused $10,000 worth of damage. Steve later said in the article, I really wanted to kill all of them. I thought if I used a lot more, it would last longer. By the way, the article says, Steve said he saw cockroaches again within a week. <laughs> you see, here's the thing. Steve learned this the hard way that the anger is like a bug bomb. A little goes a long way. A little bit of suppressed anger will be a big explosion in your future. A little bit. Oh, this person's bothering me. I'm, uh, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to keep it. Storing it up. Oh, my God, I got cut off again. I just want to get to work. <sighs> Whatever, I'm just going to keep going. Storing up, and you're storing up, and you're storing up. And little by little, little by little, little by little, all it takes is one thing to set you off. That's not how we're supposed to live. Because Steve, he had 25 bug bombs, and he had to pay a lot in damages. And a lot of us, when we suppress our anger, what we say to that person that was the last straw damages them for years. Breaks families apart. Breaks marriages apart. 
breaks friendships apart. So what do we do? I believe you have to learn when it comes to suppressing your anger. You need to learn how to be proactive instead of reactive. There's a difference between proactive people and reactive people. Reactive people, when they're angry, how they respond? They respond out of impulse. So if you say something wrong to me, I'm, I'm going to snap back. Or if you do something wrong to me, I'm going to do something wrong to you. And we're, we're, it's, it's impulse. It's, it's, it's quick hip fire. It's just it's whatever, whatever's going on. Reactive people are like what Proverbs 25, 28 says. It's people that, that have no self-control. You could be a person that, like a city whose walls are broken through, is a person who lacks self-control. When you're angry, you can't control it, so you, you, just, you just lash out on people. You just hurt people and you, because you can't control it. You, you're just reactive. You just react to what's being done and said to you. And that's, that's going to be hurtful to you and to others. Proactive people, when they're angry, they learn how to respond well. They understand this. Now, whatever happens to me, I can't control. But what I can control, how I respond. So here's what I'm going to do. I, 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 I'm going to wake up today knowing that anything can happen that can bother me. That life is not perfect, and I'm a sinner, and, and I live in a sinful world, and, and things are going to come at me. Things are going to anger me. Things are going to frustrate me. But no matter what happens, I'm going to be proactive to respond well no matter what. And really what we need to do is learn how to live like water instead of soda. Because a lot of us live like soda. And what happens when you shake up soda, when you drop soda, when you hit soda, when you, when you shake it up, do all these things? One twist explodes. Explodes. Because it's suppressing the gas and everything inside of it. And all it needs is one little thing to open it up. But now water, on the other hand, I can shake water. I can kick it. I can punt it. I can throw it wherever. I can slam it. I can do whatever I want to water. Once I open that top, what happens? Calm. Cool. Collective. That's what it looks like to be proactive. That when I get hit from life, when I get hit by the hurts of people around me, I will not react because if I react, I have a chance to hurt those and myself. And as a Christian, I'm not called to live unrighteous. I'm called to live righteous. And how do I live righteous? I'm not an angry person. Learn to live like water and be calm. Second don't we can't do, you can't repress your anger. Don't repress it. Don't repress your anger. What is repress? When you repress your anger, you, you, you stop yourself from getting help. You, 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 you remove any, any, any help, any allies to help you in this process. Repressing your anger, what it, was it really? It's just, it's denying that you're even angry at all, even though you are. It's like, I'm not angry. I'm not an angry person. I don't get angry that much. I'm, I, I may lose it every once in a while. Like, if I watch a Dolphins game, I'll get upset. Like, but I don't, I'm not an angry person. And what happens is denying anger doesn't make it go away. You can deny it, you can hide it, you can, you can, I don't have a problem, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And what happens is you're subliminally, you're still repressing it by denying it. And what's happening is you're denying something that's very real in your life. Now this quote by Zig Ziglar, it says this, the first step in solving a problem is to recognize that it does exist. Some of us, we may not be the explosive type, but we do the silent treatment. We, we're very passive aggressive. We're very snarky. We, we, you know, we, we're very, we, we, have good, we have very good quick rebuttals. Like, that's the same thing. But what happens is because we don't think it's, oh, I don't explode like that. I don't, I don't rage. Like, I, that's not me. You're still repressing it. And, and one day you could get like that because you're denying something that's actually there. And so here's the thing. Paul warns us about this in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27, it says this. In your anger, 
do not sin. Anger is not a sin, but it can lead you to sin if you can't control it. And he says this, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. So your anger, this is what it does. When you're angry, when you're upset, when you're frustrated at something, I'll just sleep it off. I'll, tomorrow I'll feel better. I'll just, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm, it's, I, I don't have an anger problem. I'll be okay in a couple weeks. But what happens with anger, you never sleep it off. What you do is you sleep it in. And what happens is you're angry and you think that sleep is going to make it get, go away and it's going to get rid of it. But what happens is you wake up and the anger is still deep rooted in your, in your heart. And what's going to happen is you're going to wake up stressed and it's going to cause literally psychological and physiological stresses to your body if you continue to sleep in the anger that is being repressed in your life. You know what else repression does? When we just put it under the rug, it gives the devil a foothold on your life. What you are doing, you are assisting the devil in making your life a miserable hell. You are literally giving him a foothold to say, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this anger. I'll be okay. And the devil's like, you're not okay, but keep thinking that so I can keep making you not feel okay. And that's how you're meant to live. Because the more you repress, the more you miss out on God's purposes. The more you repress, the more you miss out on your healing. The more you repress, the more you're denying yourself the blessing that God has for your life to make a difference in this world. To be a light, to be a leader, but you repress. You're angry. I wish I knew this when I was younger. Because here's the thing. When you repress your anger, there's two things you really need to do. You need to admit and you need to ask. You need to admit that you have a problem with anger, that you do get angry and you don't know how to control it, and then you need to ask for help. Ask a family member, ask a friend, ask somebody in your connect group. That's why community is so important. I can ask somebody in my connect group, I can ask somebody here at church, hey, I'm angry, can, can, I, can I get, I just need some prayer. Hey, I, just need, I need your advice. This happened to me and my wife, I, I got upset. How, how could I have handled it better? You admit that you have anger problems, and you ask for help. And this is what I wish I learned when I was younger. I still struggle with anger to this day, but it wasn't as severe when I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, my parents got divorced. It was a catalyst to my anger. It was, made me dislike people, dislike God. I was angry at the world, didn't talk to people, or just explode on people. It changed my relationship severely. I had football, but, but studies show that, that getting your anger out through, like, through violent means or, or even like screaming in a pillow, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help. It, it, it's still there. When I was younger, I would just keep fighting it, and I keep fighting it, and I keep fighting it. And I would grow up, and I would just, the frustrating part with dealing with anger is, is you know that's not who you are, and you don't want to be like that, but you don't know how to stop it. Now, at a young age, I didn't know how. I was 17, 18, 19, going to college, and I wasn't an angry person. I wasn't a mean person. I, I wasn't, I was, I, I like to think of myself as a kind, loving person. I love people. I love my friends. I love my family, but... There was anger that I kept suppressing and repressing, and I kept it to myself, and it affected me for years and years and years. Graduate college, and it's still an issue. I'm, I'm doing better. You know, Jesus is in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm in ministry, and, but, but I'm still exploding on people. I'm still, I'm still a jerk sometimes. And it wasn't until I just, you know what, at the age of 27, I'm, I can't keep living like this anymore. I know God has a plan for my life. I know God has a purpose for my life. And I cannot be in this slave. I can't be in this. I can't be enslaved to this anymore. So what did I do? I admitted and I asked. I admitted that I had a problem. People told me I had a problem. I wasn't listening at the time. Now I was listening. And what did I do? I asked for help. So what did I do? I, go, I went to CR on Monday. Did my 12 steps. 
I also now see somebody every week, a counselor to help me with my emotions. Because anger is not going to be the boss of me because I know what God has for my life. And the same thing is for you. Anger does not have to be the boss of you. All you have to do is admit and ask and find healing and get on the road of finding purpose in Jesus. But don't repress it anymore. Don't suppress it anymore. And the last one is this. Don't express it. And what I mean by expressing it in the wrong way. Not expressing it by telling somebody because a lot of times, most of the time, we express our anger in the wrong way. And we explode on somebody. We say something to somebody. Don't express it negatively because you'll get nowhere. You'll get nowhere in life. And I'll finish with this. This is a practical acronym that I, that I like to follow that helps me. Whenever I feel that I'm ready to, like, the temperature's going up, my head's getting hot, and I feel like things are about to get real ugly, I do this. Because here's the thing. The Bible tells us, James tells us to be slow to speak, quick to listen. But, but sometimes we do it backwards. We're quick to speak and we're slow to listen. And that's not how it's supposed to be. So what do I do? I do this acronym. It's called, it's called THINK. <laughs> you just think. Before you blow up, before you get upset, just think. Just take, take a time out. Pause. Back. Okay. Before I make a decision I'm going to regret, let me think about what I'm about to say. Let me think about what I'm about to do before I get into real trouble. And this is what the acronym says. If we can put it up, it starts with a T. It says, is what I'm about to say, is it truthful? Is what am I about to say? Is it the truth? Am I, am I just angry or am I being truthful? Is this, is this conflict resolution or is this, me, is this me just being a jerk? And I'm saying this is not truthful. H, is it helpful or is it simply harming the other person? Is what I'm about to do or say, is it going to harm this person or, or is it going to help them? I, is, is it inspirational? Is it encouraging people? Does it lift them up or does it bring them down? Makes them feel like dirt. What, what are my words and what are my actions going to do? And is it necessary? If it's not necessary, don't say it. Okay, is it, is it kind? Will it encourage or discourage? Before you blow up, before you make a decision that will ruin your life, literally, stop, time out, pause, and think about what I'm about to say and what I'm about to do. Imagine if Jesus would have lived his life with anger and control. I don't think we'd be saved because Jesus had every right to be angry with us. Because we are sinful people and we disobey and we, we hurt him. We, we do things opposite of what the word tells us to do. But yet, thank God, Jesus didn't live in controlled by anger. That when he could have been angry, when he could have been resentful toward me, toward you, toward all of us, toward sinful people who rightly deserve to be on that cross instead of him. He said, no, 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 no. I'm going to be an example to my people that even though they're angry, it doesn't give them a right to do what they think is right. What it gives them an example is that when they're angry, they're still supposed to suffer and surrender to those that are trying to help because it's all about bringing people to Jesus. And you can't bring people to Jesus if you're angry. And you can't bring people to Jesus if you're resentful. And you can't bring people to Jesus if you can't forgive those people that have hurt you because Jesus forgave us. Jesus forgave me. So who am I to be angry at somebody else even though it hurts, even though I'm offended, even though I don't know how to control it? Jesus did it, so can I, because now he lives in me. And so today you're struggling with anger. You feel like you're, in, you're entrapped and entangled with it. You don't have to be because the power of the cross is for you. 
the power of cross comes to heal, comes to free, comes to break the chains. By Jesus' name, you can be set free from anger. You don't have to let it bitter your marriage. You don't have to let it better. You don't have to make it worse for your kids. Anger does not have to control you. You can be free today in Jesus' name. Jesus, he loves you so much, and he died on that cross because he loved you, not because he had to do it, because it was out of spite, because he's like, well, I guess I got to save him now. No. Because Jesus, any day, any moment could have been like, okay, I'm just going to call some heaven, I'm going to call some angels down, we're going we're gonna to erase everybody, we're going to start all over from the top. Angels were at the ready for Jesus' call, but he said, nope, I need to do this, because if I don't do this, then Phil can't be saved, then you can't be saved. And you can't go to heaven. You can't go to heaven. You, I have to do this. So today, what do we do? Do we deal with our anger or do we get destroyed by it? Anger is, doesn't have to be your identity. You don't have to be labeled an angry person. I, I know what it is to be like that. That you're like, no, you got it all wrong. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. It's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. And you just, you just fall into this category. If you're just an angry person, this guy is angry. Stay away. That's not your identity. That's not who you are. You are a child of God. You don't have to live in unforgiveness. You don't have to live in resentment. And today, I really believe people are going to be set free in this place. The presence of God is here. The Holy Spirit is moving. Not my words, but his words. So if we can, if you, if you can, church, if we can stand up to our feet as we close off service, I just want to give an opportunity for two groups of people. I want to pray for two groups of people. And then we'll be out of here. We'll hang out. We'll have a good time. But in this atmosphere, in this moment, I just, I just feel it in my heart that there's people really battling with anger, really battling with resentment, really battling with unforgiveness, and it's, it's literally got you in a box and you don't know how to break free from it. Today, in the name of Jesus, I believe you can be free. That if you give up control, if you die to self, and say, you know what, it's not other people, it's me, I, 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 need, I need work, I need help, Jesus. That when you confess it, you kill it. And what happens is you start to feel healing and freedom for the first time of your life. So with every eye closed, every head bowed, just for privacy, because I'm going to ask people to be pretty vulnerable in this moment. If that's you today and you, you're struggling with anger, you want to be thankful, you want to live peacefully, you want to live everything that God has for you, but you're, you're angry. You, you're bitter. You're upset. You're frustrated. You, you, and you can't control it. And, and, you're, and you're hurting people around you. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your family, your friends, your coworkers. I just want to pray for you because... Because you can be set free. And you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to be a prisoner to your anger anymore. If that's you today, I'm going to just ask you if you can. On the count of three, if you can lift up your hand. And again, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Trust me. This is, this is between you and Jesus and the, and the Holy Spirit helping you now. Come on, don't, don't, don't wait another moment. Don't wait for another explosion. Don't wait for another hurtful argument. Be healed in Jesus' name today. If that's you in the count of three, you lift up your hand. One, two, three. Just lift it up. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you see every hand up. So many people dealing with this, Jesus. Lord, you see their hearts. God, you know what they're going through, Jesus. You know what's hurting them. You know what's bothering them. You know what's irritating them, Jesus. I just pray for every single person that has their hand up, Jesus. That in your name, Jesus, the chains of anger would break right here, right now. 
that Jesus, more than just a sermon, more than just a preaching, God, the Holy Spirit is all we need to be free. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would go through the aisles, that you go through the hearts, you would speak to every single person that has their hand raised, that in the mighty name of Jesus, they would be set free here, that they wouldn't be identified as angry, they wouldn't be identified as someone who's unforgiving, that lives spiteful, but Jesus, that they'd understand that they are a child of God, called to great and mighty things, and that today they don't have to leave here knowing that, they can, that they, there is no help, there is no hope, because there is hope in you, Jesus. I'm praying for their families, I'm praying for themselves, I'm praying for their children, if they have any, I'm praying for those around them, that they would see that, that they're not perfect, but they're trying, Jesus. That anger, it's not the boss of us anymore. Holy Spirit, be with every single person. Please, Jesus. We can't have people dealing with anger anymore. We have so much work to do, Jesus. You care about families. You care about relationships, Jesus. I pray that anger would not come in between anything anymore. That they would get in connect groups. They would get help if they need it to see a, a specialist, a therapist. That they would talk to somebody today. Today they would talk to somebody. And admit that they're struggling. Jesus, we know that change comes from you and you alone. So we give you this moment, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Amen. Amen.